Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Our next guests are a brother and sister duo from Texas. They grew up spending quality time solving puzzles, anywhere from 500 pieces to a thousand pieces. They realized that the puzzles they loved so much were missing one thing, color. They did not see many puzzles with black and brown faces. This would lead them to solving their hardest puzzle of all. Thus, Puzzles of Color was born. Puzzles of Color offers representation through puzzles with black and brown faces and black and brown artists. Since their creation of Puzzles of Color, they've been featured on CBS This Morning with Gail King, The View, Fox Antonio, The Drew Barrymore Show, MSNBC News, NBC5, and the Huffington Post. Let's welcome today Erica Jones Chambers and William Jones to the program. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, super excited to be speaking with you guys, man. Uh, I think uh, puzzles is a, a niche that a lot of us, I guess, don't really think about in regards to, I think you get so used to uh, seeing lack of color in so many areas. Sometimes you just like, eh. You know, like you don't think about it, but you guys were, you know, doing this work, you know, since a kid, like, you know, doing puzzles and everything. Was this something as a kid that you all originally noticed that there were no puzzles with black folks on there? Or was it as you became an adult, you were like, wait a minute, like, I remember we were doing those puzzles and none of them were, were black. Yeah, so it's like a, a mix, really. I know actually one of our first puzzles we did growing up was like a Kawanza puzzle. So they had like a whole black family on it, celebrating Kawanza. So we kind of had that. And then post, like we started growing up doing bigger, more 500 piece, thousand piece puzzles like that. We just kind of like got like Snoopy puzzles or Bart Simpson, like uh, just like character puzzles instead. We have like a one that's like a fairy or a scenery. So we kind of like avoid, didn't really see a lot of ourselves. But we also just got avoided the puzzles that had like I guess only white people want it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from there, I guess uh, Erica kind of like wanted to have a puzzle that represented her for her nursery. And we still had this issue was still around that we couldn't find puzzles for us that had our representation on it. So yeah. Like Dang, said, so yeah. She, she didn't get a puzzle oh. for the nursery? Oh, yeah. not doing, I got I did a puzzle of dogs. <laughs> and then I just <laughs> I had it together for the longest. And I actually don't even know what happened to that puzzle. I think I took it apart. I, oh, I, I, it's over there. I do have it still, but it's just <laughs> I ended up just doing a random puzzle with a bunch of dogs on it and then taking it apart and ended up doing one for the nursery. <laughs> wow. Yeah, sure. Man. I definitely so- should do that. I don't I didn't even thought about like doing one, you know, just putting it in my daughter's room right now and just having one in the wall. So yeah, maybe yeah. when I redecorate, I'll uh, <laughs> pick one of ours and <laughs> frame man, it. That, that is sad, man. Um, luckily, though, no no other little black girl is going to struggle with that because they got puzzles of color. So they'll be able to get something, um, you know what I mean, for their nursery. Um, I was reading your Instagram uh, and you guys mentioned uh, some of the benefits of puzzles and why it's beneficial for kids and adults. So before we get started kind of on a little bit of your background, can you guys share with us like the uh, benefits of solving puzzles, you know, uh, other than improving your patience? Cause I, I'm not very patient with puzzles, but 
<laughs> for everybody else. What are yeah. some of the benefits? This is a very big one, I think. Um, <laughs> you definitely have to have, like, even for me, just sorting the puzzle pieces is like the worst part of putting a puzzle together is just like getting them all flipped over <laughs> and yeah. on the table. <laughs> it always felt um, like work for me. I'm like, yeah, this is too much. It, right? it can be sometimes. <laughs> It's not, you know, on the, the different challenges and the different sizes and all that stuff, but puzzles are really good, like for your mental health. They're really good at like, as you're putting the pieces together and as you're actually finding the right piece that go to the right, in the right places, there is actually, you know, studies that show that there's like a dopamine um, benefits from you actually finding the correct pieces. Um, it also it challenges both different, both sides of your brain. So you have like the creative side because it is an image and artistry, but then also like the mechanical side of your brain that you're, you're challenging and, and um, working as you're doing this puzzle. So that's really, really great. Um, I know um, it's good for like just keeping your memory good, um, you know, helping you with like your memory, helping with like early Alzheimer's and things like that. Those are things that you can like if you find a puzzle with big enough pieces, I know that a lot of times you need smaller, larger pieces for that um, type of challenge, but um, there are also just benefits of like keeping your brain active. So mm. those are some of the the good parts about doing a puzzle and then the fact that it's fun. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I think I, I think I'm going to try some puzzles again, man. You, know, you guys are inspiring me to, to go back to puzzles because uh, as a kid, it was kind of like, it was a lot, you know, I was like, eh. You know, yeah, but uh, my my kids actually really enjoy puzzles and um, definitely want to explore some of your puzzles with them. Oh, yeah, you definitely should. Like I said, it's also you get a piece of art at the end, so that's always good. Hang it up on your wall, like the anchor does for nursery reason. We always we always did that as growing up because finish the puzzle, afraid with the puzzle. So yeah, that is interesting. Like, because generally, like with people that I guess with kids that do puzzles, like they usually want to break them apart and do them again. But you yeah. guys frame them. So what? What uh? What was the reasoning behind like framing it as opposed to redoing them again? I think for us growing up, we did the picture and picture puzzles that were like really challenging. So it's like, like I said, a picture inside of the picture. So you had like get a big fine little details that I just make make stuff match or whatever. So for us, it was like all that work. We didn't want to put it away. <laughs> we want to, you know show it off <laughs> yeah gotcha. it was basically like a trophy for us you know like look at this thing that we did <laughs> and then how like the same kind of feeling you want to like we have artists who do puzzles and it is art so you definitely right. want to keep that like frameable uh thing going you want to be able to frame it show it on your wall give me a centerpiece for your home I and mean, i have a puzzle upstairs it's like in our hallway just like a centerpiece of the hallway so <laughs> yeah that's cool how, how long do those take anyway like the thousand piece puzzles like you know, what's the average time frame people spend on that? It kind of, uh, it varies. I mean, so, especially with your your skill level at puzzling, <laughs> that helps a lot if you're more skilled. Uh, for us, I, we grew up doing, like, like I said, the hard puzzle took, like, a week. So, a week? Hard puzzle, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, of course. <laughs> often, we were kind of yeah, the so, mix. Because, like, we're doing this, like, over Christmas break, and we're just kind of, like, yeah. lounging, watching tv while we're doing a puzzle like it was kind of like i mean you know like you might have like a couple of hours like really dedicated and then a couple hours where you're just kind of like messing around so like it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't dedicated there are like people who are actually do puzzle competitions that like 
you know, they can knock it out in a day or a couple of hours. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, we were doing it more casual. <laughs> and wow. I think it also varies on to like the image, like your skill set, but also the image. Like we have one puzzle that is pretty difficult because it's a lot of the same color. And I have yet to finish that puzzle. And I've been like, well, I haven't been working on it for a while, but like, <laughs> like I worked on it for like a week and I just got like a section done and then I have not gone back to it wow. yet. Man. Yeah. <laughs> a week. A week. Yeah. I didn't even, it's, I was thinking like a few hours or something, but a week? There are puzzles that can be done in like an hour or two hours. Actually, somebody just posted a puzzle they did, one of our, uh, Puzzles Blossom by Nick Davis. She did it in a set an hour and a half. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it, we have a variety of pieces. So it makes it a little easier to like find the right piece that goes to the right section. So, you know. Yeah, I guess you got to be a puzzle master for that, man. <laughs> Something in, in yeah, hour we have like, week. you know, of course, our 500 piece puzzles are a lot easier to, to complete pretty quickly. I think I did Priceless was the first one that I did. And I did it in like, I think it took me like six hours, but I have a two-year-old that's running around trying to help. Right. So, right. so uh, it probably would have taken a lot less without her. <laughs> <laughs> I know all about that struggle. Um, but yeah, uh, so walk us through some of your childhood, like, you know, other than doing the puzzles and everything and how you guys kind of got to the point where you are now with Puzzles of Color. Uh, I would say, you know, I mean, we grew up doing kind of different activities or it's only a three-year age difference in us. And so we don't really, we never, it's funny because our school is, the way our school works, we never were in school at the same time. Like we had a, a freshman center, we, of course, two years of middle school. And then like, I guess elementary school, we moved to another city. So I had school here for like a semester, I guess. And then that was basically it. So we really had always been different, different friend groups, different schools, different, all that things like that. But uh, puzzles like what we, did in the like summer my parents or mother made us do it so we could uh keep us active and it kind of helped us to like bond and talk over those time period i like to do because i really like to do like sports and watch like you know anime or whatever <laughs> so that's basically mm. what i was doing got you what about you erica yeah um we basically you know we did puzzles like christmas time um was a really big time for us to do them together we grew up in um except we moved a lot when i was really young like we were changing schools constantly um mm-hmm. and so we got to like uh basically middle school we grew up kind of with our own separate set of friends um and we grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods so that's a big reason why my mom was like you guys need to have representation. Um, and so like, she made sure that we were really involved in like, you know, my Girl Scout troop, making sure that we found a predominantly black troop. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, when we were in a church, we went to a predominantly black church just so that we could have representation and see that like, even though you may, you may go to like, we may live in like a predominantly white neighborhood. You might go to like school with a lot of white people. There are a lot of really talented and, um, you know, Mm-hmm. smart black people in the world and you know we want you to become one of those <laughs> ah got you got you all right so uh flash forwarding um i guess for those that just don't know like uh what kind of background you guys have i know you both are entrepreneurs now but what was what were you doing before you know you started puzzles of color I uh, am still uh, working as a project manager for a corporation. So, uh, and before that, I actually went to school for hotel and restaurant management. And I, so I used to do events um, for hotels, um, worked for Hilton for 
several years uh, doing like, you know, catering events and like being an, uh, a catering admin. So that was where, that's my background. <laughs> uh, my background is mostly graphic design as far as like post-graduate graduation. I do all graphic design work where I work for a couple of freelance for a couple of companies, did some print uh, production for a company or so. Yeah, like designing logos and marketing materials, branding, all that stuff. So it kind of helps because that translates to what we do now because I do all the graphics and logo and branding for the puzzles, puzzles of color. So, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, uh, Puzzles of Color was started during the pandemic. Um, so what like was it that told you guys like, yo, we need to do this? And then how long were you thinking about the master plan of coming out with puzzles of color and the need for it and everything. And then what was that process like doing it through the pandemic? We actually, like William said, I, I, we came up with the idea while I was pregnant. So that would have been 2019, um, which was before the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. um, we had looked into like different like options as far as like how we can, Get, hire choose a company that can produce the puzzles for us and it was just not working out like it was like oh they want to charge like you know twenty dollars per puzzle and then if we would you know for us to even make any kind of money off it we'd have to sell for even more and like it was just the, the margins didn't make sense um and so we ended up just kind of putting it on the back burner and not really thinking much of it so mm-hmm. then when um 2020 came we were stuck at home <laughs> by ourselves and we were and then like of course like it was like hey puzzles are like a really big thing right now man we messed up we should have done it last year <laughs> and so and so we um ended up like you know looking back into it again and at the time a lot of the manufacturers were not taking new clients because they were already so swamped, like the entire industry was like flooded with um, puzzle sales. And so we ended up finding a book that talked about how to um, make puzzles and we bought the machine. Do you remember the name of the book? The book was called How to Start a Puzzle Company Like I Did. Pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, and um, so we uh, we read the book and then and like like looked into like okay we can we can get this machine and we can you know we know William luckily like with his kind of background in like printing and stuff like that he kind of knew a couple of companies and we were able to reach out to and get quotes and um, from there what is the what is the machine you guys talk about is it like it come it makes it into the like the blocks. It is a roller die machine. So like roller die machines can be used for anything. Like they make like boxes are cut using a roller die machine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like literally like a, like a, roll, a giant roll at the bottom, a giant roll at the top. And then it creates pressure and you push the, right. the uh, puzzle through and it like crushes it into the shape that you need it to. So like uh-huh. basically the, the die is actually like basically like a giant cookie cutter that has the different imprints of the puzzle. And then you put the um, puzzle in between like a, a completed puzzle and print in between. And then you put the die on top and you push it through and it cuts the puzzle. Gotcha. <laughs> now, now in the previous interview, you mentioned that you were cutting them yourself starting off, right? So you weren't even using the machine before, right? Oh, no, we 
using we were using the machine to cut them ourselves. So, right. so oh, yeah, okay, we okay, um, okay. yeah. We have a big roller press machine that we uh was at Eckers Garage as we started doing it, which was fun. <laughs> we come over there. <laughs> And, and, but now we moved to the office area. But like, yeah, it was just a big machine. We had to put it in our garage and start cutting out puzzles off of that. Got you. So now, what? We'll, like, starting starting off to get the idea. Our pandemic is in motion. You read the book. Um, what was the plan going forward from there? Did you were y'all like thinking like, yo, we about to blow up? This is gonna go everywhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, what, what were you guys thinking? Hardly that. It was the exact opposite. We, we thought it would be like a slow build. We wanted to like grow slow because we were cutting, like I said, cutting inside of our uh, garage. We ordered like our first collection. We ordered like, I think 200 uh, prints of each design. So we didn't have like, you know, a big inventory, but we were like, we have a box that was made specifically for us to be able to use a box no matter what, kind of cut on demand. So we could like use, say a box, just put the image inside the box and the puzzle of the box and whatever was needed for the order. So we kind of had that idea of like slowly growing, maybe after a year, you know, get a little local news coverage, kind of like helping us to just grow. But mm-hmm. yeah, actually we had, we, we t- uh, put a five-year plan together and we had uh, national news coverage on our like in year three, four, five or whatever. And then we got it like month three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh. Now, now that... That yeah. national news coverage was CBS this morning, right? We get okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you go on there. Um, how how'd you get on there anyway? Was it they just found out about it? I guess like their producers watch like the local news news stories, and so we were on the local news, um, which we kind of were just like, oh, that'll be nice. Like we can get some Christmas sales. <laughs> we were, it was in December, and uh, and it was nice because we got like sixty sales that night, you know. And and then like the next day, we get a call from like one of the producers that was like, oh, I work with Gil King, and we saw your news story, and we would love for you to come on the show, and so. Um, yeah, like didn't even think about, and it's so funny because like after our interview with the local news, they said like, oh, just so you know, like the internet is a thing. So there's a chance that like national people will see this. And I just thought like, oh, they'll see it on YouTube or something, but not realizing Mm. that like this, the national news channels watch the local stuff. So, (laughs) absolutely. so we, uh, got the interview with them. We filmed it in late December and then they aired in January of um, 2021. Wow. So I know like that, like after that, like business blew up, like how, how did, can you just walk us through like how much you were kind of selling or packaging and then like what, like how much business you got after that Gail King interview and then also how you (laughs) adapted, man, because a lot of businesses, you know, sometimes fail because they can't meet the demand. So how did how were you guys able to meet that demand and what what it looked like after the interview? Yeah. Uh it was like Erica said, we had a little bit of time from the interview to the airing to like prep. So we from there we kind of had an idea we we're gonna do pretty well and sell a lot. But we probably didn't get like we didn't know what what to expect. I mean it's like a news article it wasn't particularly uh it wasn't, it wasn't a sales pitch. It was just an article. It was just like talking about our puzzle company. So we didn't have an idea of how many puzzles to prepare for. I think we had about uh, 4,000 orders. And we had about 
a thousand puzzles total <laughs> and like we had cut, yeah. wow. we had we had like prepped and cut like all the puzzles we had at house over that month period or like uh, i guess two weeks i guess really uh and then from there it was like okay we're in back order we're working on trying to find a manufacturer to help us get it all through we we want to keep cutting it house we actually were we like we had talked to our our uh printer to get like more more uh boards into the office to the to the haircut's house uh so we hang out more boards we were going to cut those we ran into issues actually with our actual dye machine or, or our dyes because mm-hmm. i guess we're working so we work on those dyes pretty so much i guess that they started to to crack on us and you uh-huh. know and it's probably like a little bit of user to some extent but just trying to like get things to go was was a uh, becoming harder and harder to be with the band, yeah. so that's when we started exporting it. So where, 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 where did you uh, get? Like you said, you exported it. Where did you get it right. from? Yeah, we. Well, that was the the big challenge for us. Like, many the finding a manufacturer was difficult because, like I said, we a lot of the companies, a lot of the new the companies that were existing were no longer taking new clients um, because they were still back ordered from their own you know situation. So we found a company um, that was brand new. Um, but they had similar issues to us of like, oh, our machine just keeps breaking the die and <laughs> all of that stuff. And so <laughs> and so they ended up having to like they they did eventually get our order in, but it took months. Like when they told us we were gonna have our wow. stuff by mid-February. We so what, what did y'all April. <laughs> Wow? What did y'all <laughs> tell <laughs> all the customers, man? Like what did uh Yeah did they we, respond to that? Um, Grace. We, <laughs> we tried to be really good about like notify like we we posted on our social media like hey you know just so you know they're we're a back order and like you know our website like everything like said like every, on every page was said like we are on back order these are not coming for a while um <laughs> and then also like we emailed everybody who had like created an order and then there were a couple people who like backed out they were like oh this is a birthday gift and now you're not it's not going to be for two months like you know yeah. i'll figure right, something else yeah. out so mm-hmm. we had some people that dropped out, but like a lot of people were really like shockingly, um, you know, understanding and really cool about it. And they were just like, well, just let, you know, just let me know when it's ready. <laughs> uh, so Got we just it. tried to be really good about like, you know, constant like updates in social media. Like we're working, we're sending out, we're shipping X, you know, order X through Z and, you know, like yeah. getting people, getting as much out as we could. Um, so like once we actually, you know, like in the interim, as while we were trying to get our order from Florida, we ended up getting um, a local manufacturer that was able to help us with our 500 piece puzzles so that we could focus on thousands. And we really had to just like come up with lots of different ways to like get things out to people. So, yeah. uh, and we eventually, we now have like an overseas and an, um, a local manufacturer to help us so that whenever we have a problem, we have lots of different options. <laughs> that, that is, uh, that's impressive, man, just to be coming out. With something yeah. and you, you guys already have all these things in place that's great um now like how 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 much um profit do you guys get from the company based on like the puzzle sales i know you mentioned with the gail king you had over a thousand you know pieces that over a thousand people that ordered so based on like the puzzle sales, how much of that is profit and how much of that is you paying into i guess uh buying more puzzles getting more uh <laughs> things that you need for the business yeah well it would be a lot more if we didn't have so many uh run so many issues. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of it went back, went right back into production. And then someone also went to uh pressure up the new line to get our, our second collection out. 
so profit wise, uh, if I had to give a percentage, uh, zero. No, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no it's like as far as like we don't we are able to pay ourselves. We're not able to pay ourselves. So that we're we able we're more what we do is like put it back into the business because we're kind of we have our little day jobs and nine to fives or part time gigs or whatever. So. Right. A lot of it goes back to the business so we can kind of grow and, and get more product or, or more opportunities that we see coming up. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. <laughs> yeah, makes, yeah. Like we, like, we we were profitable, like, according to, like, our accountant, like, did all of our calculations at the end of the year. We were ended up being profitable, but a lot, a lot of it did, like, go right back into the business. So, like, you know, we, I think we just actually started paying ourselves a salary, you know, quote, unquote quote salary uh as of this year but even that is very much like hey i need 500 dollars to pay for daycare so that's what we're going to pay ourselves <laughs> um gotcha. and so it's been very um you know minimal but also by choice because like you know we could pay ourselves more but then that means we can't come up with as many products and so we're very much like trying to you know balance like how much how fast we want to grow how many new products do we want to come out with um, mm-hmm. And you know, can we afford to not pay ourselves or to pay ourselves based on that? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, another major uh, thing, I guess, too, uh, with the work that you guys do is you getting black and brown artists to be features in the puzzles that you have. So, when did that idea kind of come about? And then, how do you go about finding? You know, there's so many excellent black artists out there. You know, how do you go about finding an artist that fits into what it is that you guys are trying to do? Uh, our first, I guess the idea kind of came because of Erica, like an um, artist friend of mine from college named Kawasa Edwards, which we used her as one of our pieces. Uh, so she's kind of the inspiration behind the piece, uh, idea of like having artists kind of helping artists while also helping, you know, uh, alleviate the problem of not having representation in the puzzle space. So mm-hmm. we just reached out to Kawasa and then from there, reached out to other artists through like social media, uh, relationships that we, we found on, uh, artists we found on like Instagram or something like that. And then from there, we really just wanted to really bring artists out and to get them a shot that they deserve. Because I know, like I said, without the artists, our, our puzzles really aren't anything else. <laughs> right. So do you guys add on artists every, like, do you keep like a certain number of artists? These are your people that you're going to have forever and ever. Or do you add on oh. artists every now and then? Yeah, we, we try to add new artists uh, to every collection. So we have, uh, we what I want to do what I envision is having like a collection for like Aja Charles has like three puzzles in our collection so far, so she has like a whole collection basically. Uh, mm-hmm. But I want to have that for like a couple of artists, and then also just bring in a new artist so we can get more exposure to them, uh, bring more pieces, bring different perspectives in the pieces they they're presenting. So we want to just like you said highlight the artists and bring in more, you know, bring bring a new artist every every collection for sure. Got you, got you. So for artists that are possibly listening in or discovering you guys through, you know, checking things out on the on the news and stuff like that, uh, what what exactly would they have to do to fit into uh, what you would look for in an artist that represents puzzles of color? Well, we really look for like representation and positive messaging. So it's kind of what we're really all about. It's like you know, with all the stuff going on, like we always start the company like with all the stuff with. George Floyd and the protesting, everything was so like dark at the time. And it still obviously is in some places and some, you know, throughout life, I guess, really. So we want to like bring positive messaging towards people of color. Uh, and just so anything that represents that, that you have, that you're 
portfolio that you think would, you know, just be a great puzzle, uh, you definitely send it our way or uh, you can email us at uh, art at puzzlesofcolor.com. We look at all the submissions and say, and just look at them and, you know, we'll reach out to you if you feel like it's something we need that needs to be out there. Got it. Got and it. I, I will say like, because they are um, puzzles and you're cut, you're going to, we're blowing up an image and then we're, and then they're cutting them into very tiny pieces. Like detail is really important. Um, so like, that's something that we're always looking for is like, you know, for one, like, you know, can we get a high resolution image of this? Is it something that can be size blown up in size so that we can fit it um, into our puzzle, um, you know, mold, but then also just like making sure that it's like really crisp details because like if it's you know something like if the image is a little bit blurry then it makes it hard to actually find the correct pieces um because you're looking at like you know a thousandth one one thousandth of a piece Mm -hmm. um and uh you know it's just a a colored square and so like it it really makes it it's a lot um a better experience for the puzzlers if there's like some cool details that you can like kind of hone in on when you're putting the puzzle together Yep. Got it. Um, do they, do they too, do they get like a percentage of sales or anything like that? The artists that you guys come, have one? Yeah, we actually, um, they get like a percentage of the sales. We, we do like have like, you know, a whole thing where we have like a cross promotion thing. So they have to post so many times and we post about anything they're doing just to kind of like you know, to promote anything that they may be doing outside. A lot of our artists actually have gotten like people who have bought and bought prints and like, you know, done commissions from them because they found them through our puzzles. Um, but yeah, they also, all of our artists get a percentage of the sales um, and we make sure we promote them and like tag them on everything that we post so that people can always, you know, know the source of the art. Mm, got it. Got it. All right. Uh, so who's been kind of buying your puzzles the most, like in regards to demographics and like age, I guess. Question. Uh, Erica, you know that? <laughs> it's mostly female. Our audience is mostly female. And um, it's, it's partially, I'm thinking, because of our own age range. Like a lot of it is like that millennial, like 30 to like 40, 45 is, is like a pretty concentrated um, age, like range that follow up, follows us on social media and, and things like that. But then also just like, as far as purchases, it, it's a pretty wide range. I mean, we get, you know, text, you know, we'll, we'll get people who email us and say like, oh, I bought this for my granddaughter. And those are like pictures of the kids with a puzzle. And then we get like older people who are like, I bought this for my grandkid, but I'm doing it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, or somebody saying like, oh, I'm buying this puzzle for my mom. Like, so it's a pretty, it's a really cool range to see like, you know, the, the, the different people that are interested, especially like when we're at events and like the different like people who are walking by that you think may not be interested in puzzles that like actually stop and say like, oh, I do puzzles every week or whatever. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to see, you know, who it impacts. And that's one of the benefits of like us having different artists that we work with is that like we have different art that, that speaks to different people. So we've got like, you know, oil paintings and we've got digital art and like, you know, maybe like we have a a puzzle of a guy like a dj with like money in the air and like that maybe like a younger audience versus like a puzzle with a woman playing a cello and that's like you know maybe a more adult audience so we and having like this different variety of art styles you speak to different people got it got it got it all right um so you guys are you know breaking a barrier 
in this field that does not have a lot of black, uh, you know, owners that are doing the puzzles. So what have you kind of discovered through this whole process and what advice would you have for people that are attempting to do the kind of work that you're doing in regards to getting into a space that does not have a lot of representation or people of color in there? Let you go, Erica. <laughs> He's giving you all the I hard ones, huh? Try not to overtalk him. <laughs> I would say that, like, when we first started the business, we did not do as much research as we probably should have, as far as like um, knowing, like, if other black people like puzzles <laughs> or you know, like, what the demographics of the people you enjoy. We did a little bit, but it was very hard to find because when we looked at the demographics it was mostly male white male and I was like I don't know if that's because um that's who likes puzzles or if that's because of the imagers that are that exist and so Mm. you kind of have to know going into you know if you're trying to break into the business that there is a chance that like there's not a lot of research on like your demographics because the reason you know the reason may be that 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 you're the audience doesn't exist because they're not being spoken to um Mm -hmm. so there i definitely would say like there's a bit of you know stepping up maybe is not already speaking to the audience that you are trying to um i mean i think that for us because we are so unique um we stand out right you know there's lots of puzzles that have like very similar looks even though they're through different companies and we stand out because we have these artists of color that are putting that are behind the images so um that is really a big you know benefit of being Mm -hmm. you know somebody who is new to the industry and being um a black business where there aren't very many got it that makes a ton of sense um and uh speaking of you know demographics what has you know, what have you guys gotten in regards to feedback from Black people about the puzzles and everything so far? I mean, it's been nothing but positivity. I mean, really, it's just like a lot of people who are like through posting about their puzzle, posting, receiving the puzzle, posting, doing the puzzle. And people were just kind of like saying, I've always wanted this, I've always thought this was an issue. And I'm glad someone finally addressed it type thing, which, you know, while we did it, because we thought it was an issue as well. So that's been great. Just like seeing kids who complete the puzzle, like the Black Boy Joy, and they're sitting right next to the, they had their kids right next to the puzzle, the Black Boy Joy, or Black Boys all making the same faces and stuff. I mean, it's just been like all just really rewarding and like like surreal to see how like just see how many Black families we loved to puzzle or you know are gonna get the puzzle if nothing else get gets puzzles now because they see themselves in it. So hmm. it's pretty pretty crazy. Got it. Got it. Got it. So um, just in your opinion, uh, what what separates kind of like a high quality puzzle versus a low quality puzzle? I was kind of doing a little bit of research and people were talking about you got to be able to lift the puzzle up and it doesn't break apart yeah. and fall and stuff like that. And I was like, I ain't even know any of that. <laughs> but but um, what to you, I guess, separates a high quality puzzle and um, from a low quality puzzle and what, what should a great puzzle look like? Yeah, the pickup. The, so there's like levels of this whole pickup thing because <laughs> it used to be like, you know, especially when we were kids, like you, you, you maybe you have like a huge table and you may be doing a puzzle 
piece like a section onto the side and then you lift it up and you need to put it in where it actually goes on the overall picture and mm-hmm. so that's the reason why you want to be able to lift it up but now with social media it's become like you want to be able to lift the entire puzzle up when it's completed without any of the pieces breaking off so that's kind of a new challenge that um we've had to like figure out like how do we make that happen <laughs> i don't know if we've ever been able to do that with a puzzle before um you know because never tried it never even thought occurred to us that, um so that's something that we um we that is a, a you know a cool feature to be able to do um i think the biggest thing with like the quality of the puzzle is like the thickness of the pieces like i mean you know you can have like a you know puzzle with a thinner piece and it's it's fine you know it needs to be cheaper but like when you have like a really nice thick piece it's like ooh, how nice <laughs> like <laughs> you definitely notice the difference mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh like i think it's really cool to have like unique shapes like um so because it's easier to find like oh i'm gonna look for a piece with like two nubs right next to each other or whatever like it makes it easier to like find that that piece that you're missing when it's kind of when they're all different kind of shapes and sizes um and then like the 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 touch the way they feel because you're like Mm. you're touching them all day like that is that is puzzling um and so making sure that they have a really cool texture that they're a nice quality and that they're not like peeling and things like that yep i'll say all that plus i i love the like everything most puzzles like love the snaps out of base when you put put a piece down Mm-hmm. You can like fit tightly, tightly fit, makes that snap sound. That's really, that's a quality puzzle right there. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, I was checking out your website and you guys were uh, mentioning some of your partnerships and places that, uh, you know, you can get puzzles of color from. So where, where have you guys, who, who have you guys partnered with? And then uh, where can people find uh, the puzzles is outside of just your website? We are available. We actually went to a trade show earlier this year. And from there, we've got, uh, we are now available in 25 stores. So there's Ooh. quite a few, um, but, uh, you know, some of them, we, we, we're in like four Ace Hardwares in um, Washington, D.C. area, which is very random. Um, <laughs> we're in uh, the Kennedy Center. Um, we are in the... Um, a few museums like the Indianapolis Children's Museum, I believe. Um, and then of course, like some boutiques were actually like in a jewelry store. Um, so like, it's it's kind of a wide variety, um, but because puzzles, puzzles are um, a really great gift and they're really good for like travel and things like that. Like that's kind of some of the type of stores that have been really interested in us. So you'll see um, a lot of those different options available on our site. <laughs> got it, got it. And uh, you guys, you know, have a whole life outside of this, like you got families and, uh, you know, full-time careers and all that kind of stuff. So how do you manage a new business and then all of this other stuff that you got going on? How, how does that work? Do you sleep? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was going to say, you don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. It could be a real struggle, you know, especially for your spouses, you know, for, for our wife and his husband. Uh, we definitely have like, times we're out there it wasn't just something else but we had to like do work like okay this weekend we're gonna be doing a puzzle meeting uh or we're gonna be packing orders all weekend because you know we're on the view (laughs) stuff like that oh yeah you guys recently you guys recently went on the view right so so the numbers are just exploding all over again (laughs) right 
Yeah. <laughs> have a whole yeah, new audience, you know, being exposed to them. So it's it's definitely like, you know, like I like me and my husband, like we at the beginning, it was like a struggle because I was like constantly like doing stuff. And he's like, Am I gonna see you? Are we gonna like <laughs> what's happening? And so like I had to like we had to get to the point, like I'm like, okay, here's the board. Like we can hang out on these days, but I have to, I have to do this on these days. Like, you know, and so right. <laughs> like kind of like really communication is very key to being able to like start a business and like, you know, you know, be, get, getting yourself involved if you can. Like my husband, you know, he, he would like to be more involved, but he it's, it's a little bit difficult because we have a two-year-old. So like, he ends up being like daddy duty when I'm working, but, um, but like when he can, like if it's a meeting where like she would, her running around wouldn't be too disruptive, then like we try to have like everybody being involved and my daughter knows how to tape a box <laughs> and um and how to put stickers on a box like she you know we try to involve her as much as can and um and yeah like i said lots of lots of planning and like making sure that you do set up outside that time like i'm going to disney world this weekend and i'm like i will go end of story don't even try to send me those emails <laughs> so yeah be fun for me but like yeah kind of like eric was saying I feel like it's, it's harder on my spouse because I'm less about as good of a communicator as Eric or planner as well. So I'm a little, it's a lot more last minute. Where I'm like, oh, this weekend I have to do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, that sounds like me, man. To that. So <laughs> I, I, I got to get better at that. But uh, yeah, it's like I say, you just got to try to like I say, communicate as much as you can. Uh, yeah. it'll, Hopefully it'll, it's not a guy thing because I, I suffer from that too, man. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> it might be, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh speaking of the view interview like what was that experience like what um how did you guys get in contact with them and what was it like being on there we it was actually um they did like they do like this thing called view your deal where they like feature different businesses so like wasn't an interview but they got like we got to send our products and then they did like a special like discounted rate for um our puzzles of you know whatever products we chose to be on the show so like it's actually they have like a on their website like on a on the abc website they have like a, a submission process where you submit and then like the con the the like contacts will reach out to you and so like it's like we didn't get to choose but like they have like you could be on good morning america or the view or one other show i can't remember what show it is but there are three different shows that they that they kind of cast for and they um were doing a they for ours i would actually reach out to them saying like hey you know i know you're probably going to feature a lot of black black businesses for black history month could we be featured in there and then they reached out and they said like well our black history month is booked up but we actually are doing a woman's history month feature and our company is my brother and I are like the faces of the company, but my, my parents are also involved. My mom um, put a lot of money towards like the startup cost of the company. And my dad's also really involved. So my parents, uh, between my mom and I, we are a 51% ownership of the company. And so we are women owned and then we were featured for that reason. Mm. Awesome. 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 Okay. So yeah, you guys are blowing up all over again uh, with the view <laughs> and, that's exciting, man. Um, but now you, I guess you're more prepared for uh, all the all the uh, sales and everything. Yes. 100%. Uh, this, this experience was way better than CBS. <laughs> we were able to like get the orders out within a few days versus months and months and months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You live and you learn, man. All right. Um, I wanted to get yeah. into a little activity here before we close out. Cole, what's your favorite? Identifying a few of your favorite things. So you could elaborate if you want or keep it short and simple. Um, so what what's been your favorite hobby or thing to do outside of making puzzles? Or participating in puzzles? Right. For me, I would say, I don't know, do it design like logos or branding anything graphic design related basically that's all i really do besides like hanging out with my wife <laughs> uh I, I i like a lot of tv <laughs> oh. I, I watch way too much tv but it's so funny because like over time like i guess because of covid i feel like i only watch tv like because we weren't going anywhere so i'm like now like honestly that like the majority of my time is spent on puzzles or sleeping because you don't really get to do that. So it's like, I took a nap this weekend and it was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that is a business owner's dream right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, your favorite puzzle that you've designed so far? Uh, Eric is going to give you that PC answer. I don't want it. I'm going to see. What favorite puzzle? <laughs> uh, let me see. That's a good one. I would just say Black Boy Joy. So like I like that one. That that one's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually like the. It's hard because I like them all, of course. Right. Um, I think my <laughs> the funnest one that for me to put together was Hot, um, which is like one our one of our abstract ones. I think that one like I expected it to be like a really big challenge, and so I was like nervous to even do it. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this one, but it was actually really fun to do, and like the colors mm-hmm. are really beautiful. So that one was that one's fun. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sure, uh, I know. I know you guys go to a lot of different events, like to promote the puzzles of color and stuff like that. So, what's been kind of your favorite event that you've been at? Uh, I would say Texas State Fair. You're gonna say that. <laughs> it's, we got it. We got it. Uh, the last for the last ten days. So it was like the last minute. I just kind of emailed to see if we could get in, and they said, you know, we have a spot, but you know, whatever. And we got the spot. And it's been pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool because like people have been like when we got into that, people were like, you know that like there's like a waiting list. People try for years to get into this, and we're like, oh really? We just sent an email. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're in on uh, technicality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they had like a booth that was sitting empty, but, but they just were like, "Yeah, you can have it." <laughs> you know, like discount. So that was pretty cool. Um, um, but for um, me, my favorite event was actually um, we did New York Now, which is where we it was a trade show that we did where we got to, um, you know, meet a bunch of retailers and um that's really cool like just like the amount of people that we ended up getting the amount of stores we ended up getting and then also it was a my first trip where we we flew to new york my first trip to new york in years because of covid (laughs) um and i I, my daughter came with us that was really a fun experience like we just had like a cool like we were there for like five days and got to stay in hotels and hang out at night and play games so it was a good time (laughs) Got it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, your favorite childhood puzzle that you solve? I saw you guys took pictures uh, on your Instagram of, um, you know, some of the huge puzzles you solved as as children. So I was just thinking about which one was your favorite. 
when I was little, it would have been the Kwanzaa puzzle that we did. We used to do that puzzle like every year for like three years or three or four years that we did that one, the same exact one. And then we started like expanding to other ones. But uh, like looking back, I'm like, man, I forgot about those. Like when we when we did, when we found all the ones that I yeah. think were like literally stacked up underneath my bed um, in my parents' <laughs> house. Um, and uh, I forgot that we had done an Obama puzzle the year that he won um for the present and that that was a really really cool one so i think that was my favorite i was gonna say that one or uh the there's like a one that has like a, a mountain type scene i don't say it's my favorite no i'm gonna go get say that it was the uh the charlie brown one that was pretty cool just because it was a picture of picture ones so that was really fun to kind of get those it was always a challenge like i said it takes us like two weeks to finish those we were just uh so difficult. So I, I like a challenge. I do a puzzle. So that's what I prefer. Got you. Got you. All right. So um, you do do your vibing with puzzles of color, where you interview uh, artists that are part of your collections. Uh, so what? I, I'm not gonna ask what's been your favorite interview. That might be a little messed up. But what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's What's been kind of like your your favorite thing that you've gotten from doing that? Um, you know, interviewing those artists. I think getting that for them getting to tell their story because like we we interview all of our artists before we even like do the puzzle like before we like contract with them or whatever so but I think it's always really cool for like their story to get out there to to you know beside beyond us um mm -hmm. so that's pretty fun and like and you know we've gotten to hear all kinds of like extra stuff that we would have never thought um and just like hearing kind of their um like their business views their business side of it because like doing you know being an artist like you know you can have the talent but like in order to actually make money and like to make a business out of it is is takes another set of skills and so like hearing kind of their their like approach and how they have they've been able to do that is pretty cool yeah i would say like also like hearing people's reaction to getting the puzzle because like we interview them after they receive the puzzle so they get like they get to see you it's been released and people are looking at it, enjoying it, and they get to see the interaction from people tagging them with the post. And then also mm -hmm. just see like, you know, how they felt about it. And like I said, their understanding of the puzzle, because like, a lot of them had never thought about doing a puzzle as a piece of art or, or art as a puzzle or whatever. Uh, and so they're like fascinated by it as well. They're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> so I don't know, that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool, that's cool. Um, outside of just the puzzles, um, what's been your favorite life gem that anybody has given you? Very. That's a deep question, Lord. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it varies from day to day. <laughs> uh, Maybe one that you've used the most, like consistently, like you go back to. Yeah. Um, well. I don't know if it's a life gym, but like whenever I'm having like a hard day, <laughs> I um, listen to the Preacher's Wife soundtrack and that is like, it gets me through and like, it's like, and like, it's funny because like literally the other day I was listening to it for the first time in a while and I was like, I never, like, I always just liked that song because I liked the song and I never really listened to the words until today. And like, so like, it's interesting when you like rehear something and you're, and you, and it's like, it just speaks to you and for what you needed in that moment. So that's, um, so that's, I guess my life, Jim. <laughs> Listen to the Preacher's Life soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would just say, uh, uh, my dad said something to me when I was really young about being nervous. Uh, I don't know if it's like a gym or anything, but he was always like, he was like, if you're nervous, it's good because it means you, you know, you care about something. So I feel like in general, if you're nervous about something, just that means you're you're doing it because you care. So it's good. It's nerves are good. I guess kind of what I've learned from that. So just mm-hmm. kind of fight those nerves and do what you think it needs to be done. Got you, got you. Um, now we did mention that you guys did drop the business during COVID, um, and there's I'm pretty sure there was a huge amount of stress on you guys just dealing with COVID itself, and then also dealing with your business. So, what's kind of been your favorite way to like decompress and uh, regain your vitality, men- mental health wise? Um. I think we're lucky because like we are because we're it's a family business and so like our I for me personally I am really big on family like I don't have a lot of like like I have the same friends from like high school but like even then like it's hard to see them because you know you just get busy and you're all living in separate places and you all have your own lives going on but um family is huge for me so like the idea that we're that I, you know, get to spend so much extra time with my family that I probably wouldn't have if we weren't in this business. That alone has really, you know, been a great benefit for us. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, I used to never get calls from America. Now I get a call from every day. So <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> so like having family, having your back, having people have your back has definitely made it a lot easier on us. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Um. So just looking at puzzles of color, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, like where do you guys want it to go and what's the highest vision that you have for it? Like um, in regards to where you want it to be at. Go ahead. Tell them. <laughs> well, we, you know, we, um, we've always like, you know, be in going back to like kind of the family like we love to get together and like I'm a person that like has game nights for my birthday and all that stuff so like I think like we would love to be able to venture out and like expand to just be like not just being puzzled but like puzzles and board games and all that stuff um expanding the business to to cover all of those and like bring representation to these other areas of the gaming industry mm. yeah that would be great man that would be great um I think we need more representation in those things as well like the board games and all that definitely you know, so once you guys finish mastering the puzzles of color, you can move on to the next chess piece and master the board games. And, you know, you can have a whole, you know, a whole conglomerate going on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about just as far as like legacy yourself? You guys are building a family business. And, um, you know, what what is the legacy that you're trying to leave behind with the work that you're doing now? Well, you know, I, I have a, a two-year-old, so I'm, that is very much involved. I mean, like she was kind of the inspiration and she, like, she's, she's come to many, many puzzle meeting and she, it's so funny because she sees the puzzle color logo and she thinks that, I think she thinks that that's William's name because she points <laughs> at it every time she sees the logo, she says, William, William. And it's so <laughs> freaking cute. Like she's, he's her favorite person. <laughs> in the the world like she loves him so much and so like um I think just you know the the fact that it that that is a legacy like just the fact that it brings us together in such a way that you know just for our ourselves um but then also just 
hoping to continue to grow and have this be a company that we can, you know, pass down to our kids one day and that hopefully they'll be interested, yeah. in, you know, to continue it on. I think that's where I was going to say, yeah, be able to pass it down to let them, or, you know, maybe they sell it off. I don't know what they want to do, but, <laughs> <laughs> but as long as they're able to like, you know, keep them from having to like struggle, that's kind of the idea. They can just go passions and stuff like that. Got it. Got it. All right, man. Uh, thank you so much, man, for, uh, you know, coming on and sharing everything with us. I know you guys are busy, um, you know, running your company and doing awesome interviews and all that. Um, <laughs> we usually ask guests before they leave, if they could leave us with their favorite quote and what it means to them. So if you guys would leave us with your favorite quote and what it means to you. Ooh, favorite quote. Like now I gotta look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that. Oh, well, I just I just saw this is like I don't know, it's my favorite quote of the moment because it really like stood out to me when I saw it. If you've seen the movie Invent or the show Inventing Anna on Netflix, there was a, I haven't a, seen that. a point when she says, "When you're angry, you're just a character in somebody else's story, but when you let your anger go." you reclaim your own story, become your own protagonist again. And I'm like, mm. that's very good because I am not, I don't like to be angry, but when I am, <laughs> I'm sure I'm just like the villain in somebody else's story versus actually owning, you know, like, you know, they say like, oh, you know, when you're mad, that person's living their life and you're just like stewing in your, in, in something that doesn't even affect them. So mm. I thought that was a nice. That is a good way to look one. at makes it. Sense. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. Uh, from a TV show, uh, he says, "Sometimes the more you see, the less clear things become." So I feel like it's just a metaphor of life. I mean, I don't take it how you will, but <laughs> yeah, very worse for puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's kind of saying, "Oh, I, I can't explain it in a way that I don't want to give it away." <laughs> uh, some of no, the Another one that just like I always think about is like know the difference between what you you feel and between what you feel and what's real. Mm. Like sometimes you get so caught up in your feelings that it's like, is that actually what's happening or is that just how you just you like projecting your feelings on something? Right. So that's a that's one that I think about all the time. <laughs> all right. Those, those were some goodies. Definitely. Uh, thank you for that, guys. Um I know uh, people might be interested in where to get these puzzle pieces from, like online wise, or, you know, they might want to pick your brain. Maybe they want to start their own puzzle company and they don't want to pick up a book. Maybe they want to talk to y'all in person. Like, where can people find you? <laughs> we are available on at, at Puzzles of Color on like all of the social Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> and um, we are also our websites, puzzlecolor.com. And um, we like you can always email us at info at Puzzles of Color. There it is. There it is. Support Black business folks. Uh, thank you for listening to the program. I uh, hope you appreciate listening in and support Black business. Get some puzzle pieces for your kids. Get some puzzle pieces for yourself. Get some puzzle pieces for your grandmother, your grandfather. It's for everybody. Um, so enjoy, enjoy. Uh, thank you for listening. Share the program. And of course, remember your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, if you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G, and I will see you next time. All Mastermind.